0: Welcome to
1: Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews.
0: Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talks: Anatomy of a Movie. Yes, welcome to Anatomy of a Movie with a little happy tune mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. celebrating mm-hmm. the joyous return of the one, the only, uh, Alexa Cappiello.
1: Yes, I'm back. Happy, happy, happier,
0: happier now, happier and happier, ca- now, but... happier and <laughs> than ever. Happier because you were on the snow capped mountains of Colorado. Yes,
1: I was. I really like these tunes, by the way. They're very festive. This is from
0: uh, Ryan in the Booth. This is his band. Oh, and, nice, uh, he's Ryan. He's just t- trying to pay himself royalties, so it works Can I out. Might be your really background well. dancer. Now, for those not <laughs> familiar, this is retro anatomy of a movie. And what we like to do here is take one of those movies that we've always heard about, but for whatever reason we've never like seen bucket
1: list films. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, I
0: know that that's good, or I've heard that that's good, but just haven't gotten to it. It's not, I've actively avoided this film. My whole life, Just I have a few of those. Seen it. Just okay. haven't seen it. So we're going to give our thoughts on that. And today we'll be talking about Stripes, featuring Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, yep, and twenty other people that I had no idea. <laughs> There's, uh, Sean Young is in this movie. John Candy. John Candy. A yep. uh, very young Timothy Busfield. Uh, uh, John Laraquette with black hair. Bill there-
1: Paxton. Yes, is in it as an unnamed soldier.
0: Uh, yes unnamed soldier and he uh, and uh Timothy Busfield best known for 30 something he's uh, gone on to direct he was on the west wing he is like cannon mortar guy or something he's the guy who you know is like i don't think i should shoot this and and john larry tells him you have to shoot yep, yep. so he's that guy uh and these were these were basically the the movies that introduced them but we uh yeah so we get uh, all sorts of people in this movie that i just i just didn't know were there judge reinhold is in this movie a lot which it's fascinating because this is 1981 and he's in the army and about four years later he's in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's got a beautiful baby and you know, like a year a year after that he's in Beverly Hills Cop. So, you know, he's got one of those baby faces, even to this day, really. I mean, he's not gonna play high school, but you still see him and you go, Yeah, I can imagine him body switching with Fred Savage.
1: Also, the eighties was an era where they had a lot of older people playing yeah. high school. I yeah. mean, let's talk Breakfast Club first. We day. can
0: talk Breakfast Club, you can talk <laughs>
1: those, you can- those kids weren't. Not you can bring
0: it over to television and mm-hmm. Beverly Hills 90210 where yeah. I believe Ian Zeering was 32 and I, I, it sounds like a joke. I don't think it is though. Yep. <laughs> I think he was 32 when it started. So you get a lot of that. But I want to start where we always do which is what you thought this movie was about and how it translated into what it was actually about.
1: Well, for, I mean, you came at me with Stripes. You're like, Stripes? So I was like, what is this movie? I've never even heard of it. I had never even heard of Stripes, so...
0: That's funny, because we ended up with Stripes. Let me just uh, give a sidebar here. because I wanted to find a military movie. <laughs> yes, cause because we
1: wanted to talk about uh, 1917 as yeah. well, because we, we like to keep it current, and uh, we like to, uh, you know, talk about current films and relate them to the previous films that we've watched. But... Um, this one I had never heard of before, and I'm a big fan of Bill Murray. Sure. And this was one of his, his first big movies, right? Yeah,
0: because Caddyshack is not really his movie. He's very memorable in it, but uh, this is really the first starring Bill Murray vehicle, I mm-hmm. think. And it's it's a movie that, yeah, I don't know how I never saw it. It's got half of the Ghostbusters in it, and yet I, I still had never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the director of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Ivan Reitman. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, do, I don't know how it happened. But so what did you think it was about when I said, hey, you want to watch Stripes? So Stripes, this was like a week ago. You've yeah. Heard of this I, movie. Had, I,
1: I mean, like, again, I hadn't heard of it. Uh, I didn't even look it up when you told me about it. You're just like Stripes. I was like, is this a military film? Does it look decent? Yeah. Okay. Is it, so, is
0: it the opposite of 1917? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely yeah. the
1: opposite. Um, but yeah, I, I I didn't really know anything else about it other than the fact that it existed. So that's yeah. pretty lame, but honestly, I'm glad that I know it existed now. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, not without its issues, though. Yes. We'll get into I, that I think you run into that there.
0: a lot, especially with comedies from the 80s. Yes. You know, there's, uh, there, there's sometimes the, the issues are on the surface and... And sometimes they're a little deeper. Uh, you look at a film like *16 Candles*, and you have the character Long Duck Dong now, which it was apparently very funny uh, in, in the <laughs> '80s. Uh, my my wife is Chinese American, and her her dad and and you know, they used to always watch it, and they they would laugh at that. Yeah. But then when they were little, when my wife was a little bit older, she was like. Oh, they were making fun of us. That's not cool. They, they were. Yeah. And, you know, look, that movie still plays on, on TBS uh, somewhat regularly. So, I, I look, I don't know. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what people are accepting of what they aren't. But a lot of times you watch a movie and you go, "Ooh, yeah. Because uh, Flobo and I did Annie Hall last week. And, you know, that a lot of that's just dialogue and stuff. There were just a few times. Wait,
1: wait. You did Annie Hall? Yeah, I hadn't
0: seen it. What? I, I'd seen like five minutes of it 20 years ago. Yeah. What? I've seen a lot of Woody Allen Annie movies, just Hall. hadn't seen that one. Oh, wow.
1: Anyway, all right, All right, on.
0: Italian girl who hasn't seen Goodfellas. Okay. Let's settle down okay. for a minute. Okay, but This still, is not a show still, to attack one another. Still hasn't seen Goodfellas. <laughs> on the movies we haven't <laughs> watched. True. This is why we are here. This is why we're here. <laughs> to better ourselves and hopefully in an entertaining yeah. way. Yeah. So anyway, back to stripes. Uh, yeah, I, I look. I knew he was in the military. I didn't know for sure it was set in the present day. I thought it could have been like a you know a Vietnam farce, mm-hmm. which I don't think they were making in, in 1981. Uh, but I think it, it was pretty close to what I expected. Bill Murray is Bill Murray in the army. Yeah, and you know um, Harold Ramis is along for the ride. Right. And, of course, John Candy's there. The beauty of it is you have multiple cast members from SCTV in this, which the aforementioned Harold Ramis and John Candy, but also Joe Flaherty uh, as one of the border crossing guys in the booth. So uh, I I thought that maybe we were going to get everybody, but no Catherine O'Hara in this movie, a.k.a. Mom from Home Alone. Uh, So we have, uh, you know, but so and there were just so many faces in it. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course that person's in this movie because... Everybody's friends. I mean, you know, Bill Murray also started in Second City. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it made sense.
1: It was originally supposed to be Cheech and Chong.
0: I mean that would have made sense, wouldn't it? That would have. Yeah. Uh, see, that's a little fact that I didn't know. What other facts did you dig? Oh, up? We I always have like to, We was like, to I like dig to up come to with research. So yeah, we'll talk about our personal thoughts about it, but it, it's nice to dive into some of the facts behind the the film and how it was received at the time. But uh, let's get some of these interesting facts. I always enjoy well, these.
1: uh first I wanted to point out the, the the tagline of the film: "The story of a man who wanted to keep the world safe for uh, for democracy." Dot, 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 and meet girls. <laughs> so Look, that's pretty appropriate for what the film is about, yeah, honestly. I think.
0: I think he, uh, I, I would probably switch those. Uh, Because he wanted to meet girls. I mean, And then second from that is like, well, I guess in order to do that, I will have to uh, maintain democracy. And yes, this is a poster that I've seen many times that uh, Ryan was showing. For those watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube uh, and you're listening to the audio version, you can always find our shows on YouTube. You can just look up uh, Anatomy of a Movie on Popcorn Talk. But... You could also just Google uh, Stripes poster, and it's probably going to be what comes up.
1: I was also not completely familiar with uh, the amount of projects that the director, Ivan Reitman, had done. Uh, first, he started out with Meatballs, which I haven't seen. I don't know if you've it's a, seen that,
0: You know what? That would, I I would say that's the first big Bill Murray movie. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of that when I spoke. Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen that. And,
1: and then, of course, Stripes was the second one, and then... Ghostbusters, I already knew about Ghostbusters. Uh, I would one and hope. 2. yeah. Duh. Okay, okay. Uh, Kindergarten Cop was yeah. the one that I got super excited about because I loved that movie, and I did not realize that um, Ivan Reitman directed it. Yeah. So oh no! And, and,
0: and he's been on. He's on as a producer in a uh-huh. lot of movies, including uh, just... Animal
1: House, Space Jam.
0: Yeah. Space Hello. Jam.
1: Uh, private Parts and Howard, up in the Air. Yeah,
0: Howard Stern's Private Parts. That, yeah. That's that film, and he is a, he's very much a producer on that. So yeah, so uh, Ivan Reitman, and of course his son Jason Reitman, has made a, a number of great films, including a. Uh, a Ghostbusters reboot that some people think we need nope, and uh, nope, other people me. yeah <laughs> i I, uh, I look i'm i'm blind to gender when it comes to the Ghostbusters reboot i didn't need the female one i also don't need this one i don't mm-hmm. need either Ghostbusters reboot but uh you know the so it, will i see it yeah, probably <laughs> not gonna, what, they, what am i going to do like a make you know have a uh, have a hunger strike about not seeing it uh so Uh, there were a couple of those facts. Anything else jump out at you, Alexa? Well, yeah,
1: let's talk about the Cheech and Chong. So, um, Ivan Reitman thought up the idea originally. He was like, oh, this would be perfect for Cheech and Chong. He pitched it to Paramount, and they were, like, totally all for it. They greenlit it. However, they wanted, um, uh, Cheech and Chong wanted creative control over the project, and Reitman's like, uh, I don't know. I really like this script. Yeah. So, he pitched it instead to, um, Columbia, and uh Columbia Pictures and um he uh, attached uh I think uh Harold Ramis first and uh you knew all about this, right? mm mm-hmm. So yeah, Her- Harold Ramis, um and then he was like, Well, uh Ramis will definitely convince uh, Bill Murray to do it and Yeah. I think is-
0: I think that that'll always help, you know. Yeah. Because people <laughs> even though Bill Murray was not a a movie star at this point, he was very well known on Saturday Night Live. You know, this is, of course, back at the point when there were five channels. And if you're on one of the shows on one of the five channels on television, everyone knows who you are. But look, Bill Murray was uh, very beloved on uh, SNL, even though he wasn't an original cast member. So I think getting him in your movie... For what his rate would have been in 1981 was uh, probably, uh, you know, probably not. It, it probably wasn't uh, the asking price that uh, he got a few years later, which, of course, one day if we ever were to talk about Ghostbusters, which we've seen, but uh, he was not originally supposed to be in Ghostbusters. It was supposed to be John Belushi and also uh, Eddie Murphy was going to be in it at one point. Really? Yes. So that would have been a very different film. That would have but been. Uh, it's a great film so as we're talking about finances uh Ryan in the booth has looked up a few things it opened uh, to six million dollars which in 1981 and it's probably you know nothing to shake a stick at and then its gross was 85. Million two hundred ninety seven thousand dollars, and I know the budget was ten million, mm-hmm. so that is considered a runaway success in 1981 dollars uh, for a, a film. And
1: they also had the backing of the military, too.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think that shows a little bit in the movie. The military
1: actually really liked the script, uh, which I, don't, I was a little confused about. I mean, because I they, they poke fun at the military a lot, sure, of course, uh, but then there's also uh, questionable things in the film, just in general. Uh, but I mean, Bill Murray's speech near the end, where he's uh, you know amping up his yeah, his, his cohorts, his, yeah, exactly, uh, was very very American, and uh, I thought it was a, a great speech, and maybe that's the thing that really really did it. Yeah. Also, it, it definitely encouraged uh, young lost men. Uh, not just, like, watching this, but I'm sure the commercials that they play all the time. They had the
0: actual commercials. They did. Uh, there, yeah.
1: So this is a story that's been told, I'm sure, multiple times by you know cadets in the making, where they're like, well, I was lost, and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, and then I saw this commercial, and yeah, you know, I had a sense of purpose. I
0: left my cab in the middle of the Narrows <laughs> bridge, and... Uh, but I, mean, I, mean, I thought he was going to jump at that point. I it did, too! It seemed like that scene ended abruptly. <laughs> I did, too! I was just... Because I, I, he throws his keys in, and I'm like, yeah. okay, is he going to jump! I did too. And I feel like that must have been where that. Scene I thought he was going to jump
1: out the window yeah. after he threw the basketball out. <laughs> right? I thought. I thought there was multiple there were times, multiple where, times I was like, where he
0: was going to attempt is he suicide. Kinda, yeah. Which you know, maybe in 1991, they're like, you know what? It's probably not as funny a movie if he tries to kill himself multiple times. So uh, I don't know. I also
1: I, wasn't prepared for the gratuitous uh, nudity. I don't know. Well, about you. you're just
0: not as familiar with comedies from the 80s. Fine, uh, because Fine. I think. We get gratuitous nudity within the first five minutes because his girlfriend's, his girlfriend's the just shower. topless.
1: And yeah. I was like, OK, she's I stepping was... out of the shower. Mm-hmm. If she's in
0: the shower, you know, and she sticks her head out, maybe. <laughs> but it's like, oh, hey, Bill Murray, how are you? I'm, I'm about to leave you. But, uh, you know, get one last look. Then Bill. there
1: was the shower scene with the loofah. Well, that was what I was comment, uh, which apparently uh, was improvised.
0: John uh, uh and. Very funny, best known for Night Court, and he's done a a number of movies since. But I thought that uh, that was what I was going to say earlier. It makes people in the military look somewhat questionable, but it doesn't make the military as a whole look bad. I'm sure that's a conscious decision and that's why the military cooperated. Yeah, Perhaps it did. Even it made them some, of, the, look some bad. of that ten million dollar budget. You yeah. Know? It
1: made them like the main characters yeah. look bad. It it made yeah, even, they, they were kind of like the outcasts of the yeah, army. So yeah, even, I guess it made a little e- bit more even sense. Even Hulka that way.
0: you understand like, okay, he's a drill instructor, you know, this is who he is. We've seen drill instructors, I mean this is years before Full Metal Jacket when when you get. Uh, Arlie but even he was a
1: little more forgiving than I wanted him to be. I wanted Polka in yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought that bit. he like let a lot of things slide. That Bill Murray was uh, saying. I was like, why is he not punishing him? Yeah, it was only like fifty
0: push-ups a couple of times. <laughs> I know. You know? It like now it's... we're gonna run ten miles. There were a few of those things. Yeah. So, uh, so let's see. There are a few things that we should really talk about. I mean, I think we've touched on it, and I think. We'll keep dancing around it if we don't dive in. So what did you find to be most problematic? You said there's the gratuitous nudity, which, of course, very easy to edit out for television, you know, because I'm sure it played on uh I don't really have
1: a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it uh, if it's used properly, If it if it's necessary. And I just... I just felt like it was gratuitous. Yeah, in, in a film. movie
0: like Porky's, it's uh, really about the nudity and it's about seeing it, and that's more of a sex romp. This uh, military story, yeah. it, 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 it was really definitely necessary. thrown in. But you have to remember, 1981, it wasn't as easy to see nudity. You know, <laughs> you did, you so did, they
1: just got a planet in movies. You well, know, well, it's like if I'm, if I'm
0: spending money to go out to the to the theater. I better see some boobies. Come on. Otherwise, I, mean, that, that's the I feel like this movie
1: would have been. I mean, I think it's rated R, right? For the, uh, yeah, for the nudity. I, I, I think so. Uh, and and the the drugs and the the uh, cursing, a lot of cursing in it. Yeah. But otherwise, I think it could have been a PG thirteen film, and probably would have would have been really good for some teenagers yeah. to watch. They would have probably thought it was hilarious. A, the, a yeah. lot of the humor in it was Ryan's really funny. confirming
0: that it's R. And the thing to keep in mind with movie ratings is that PG-13 didn't exist until about 1984 1985. Uh, so you had PG uh, or R. So a lot of times you'd had to jump right to R. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes your, your PG movies were a little bit more violent than you expected them to be. So that's why PG-13 came about. It was specifically uh, Dune and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were the first two that I remember and you can kind of see it in Indiana Jones the Temple of Doom versus Raiders of the Lost Ark it's just a little bit more graphic it's a little bit more violent and it's like yeah let's let's create a new rating for uh, indie. so yeah and look like I like I said very easy to edit for television or you know markets where maybe they don't want to have the gratuitous nudity but I think that yeah, I mean, look, R-rated comedies were a thing for a very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. the '80s was the. I mean, I referenced Sixteen Candles, unless I'm mistaken. And Ryan, you can look it up if you don't mind because I'm still having my internet issues. Uh, I think Sixteen Candles is rated R uh, because there is a little bit of nudity in it, and not is there a lot. Really? Yeah, and then yeah. you know, let's you know, maybe brush over the acquaintance rape is in that Is Breakfast
1: film. Club rated?
0: Breakfast Club I don't think should be because G? it's just language. No, no, no. It's, it could be PG, yeah.
1: PG, okay. Yeah
0: so, yeah, so Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. Now these are all movies we're wondering what the ratings are. But yeah. uh, look, the, this is a perfect example of an R-rated comedy. It didn't need to be, though. No. Like, really, none of the nudity really makes sense. You know, I mean, it, it's like scene and, and
1: the whole the whole uh what should we call it scene where their their uh, mud wrestling scene well, in that the...
0: was not that was not rated R. And I I will have to say that was entirely necessary. <laughs> of course, all the dudes are like, yeah, No, mud I just wrestling. I just thought it was very I, funny to watch. It was watch...
1: out of the blue and random and very well, long scene. When
0: they didn't go to a strip club, they they went mud wrestling. I know. And look, watching John Candy mud wrestle is probably he the He was
1: very uncomfortable filming he, that. He... He...
0: I did not read that, but that makes sense.
1: (laughs) I looked it though. (laughs) I
0: will say that that's probably the biggest regret about not seeing this film sooner is that I had never seen John Candy Mud Wrestling. I had never seen John Candy Mud Wrestling. And uh, Ryan's confirming actually 16 Candles was PG. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, so that makes sense. I think the John Hughes movies might not have been rated R, but, uh, you know, I've referenced a a few. I mean, Porky's always comes to mind, uh, and Revenge of the Nerds I know is rated R uh, because there's a lot more nudity in it. You know, I mean, it's like. Sometimes you have these films and we have yeah, – for those on YouTube, we have a delightful photo of mud and <laughs> John Candy. John Candy. Uh, so I was wondering your thoughts on the two characters of the MPs, the military police, that end up becoming Bill Murray and oh, Harold Ramis's girlfriends. Yes. Yeah. I did not feel like they were strong 2020 women characters. They were not. And that's
1: that's something I definitely wanted to talk about on this show. It's like if you're going to have the gratuitous nudity and you're going to just completely just sexualize women as just sex objects, the whole time really is what was happening, and you're going to have two named female characters that – uh, are the girlfriends the love interests? Of yeah, the, I mean they probably the have like the
0: fourth most amount of dialogue in the movie. You know, right. they're they're major characters. And
1: yeah. uh, not to tie in White Christmas to this, oh, but it favorite. was basically that they just acted as pawns. They yeah, but they, they were, didn't
0: have a duet. Where they, <laughs> they did sang not. Sisters. They did not
1: sing. No. They barely had personalities. All they they just here, existed to here, to be the girlfriends and get them out of trouble.
0: How you can use? I didn't pull. even
1: understand why. They they liked these guys in the first place. They liked
0: them instantly. Instantly. And like, out of everybody in the lines of all the places that they're going... Really, Harold Ramis? Maybe Bill Murray. Maybe Bill Murray. But Bill he's 26 and losing his hair. Bill
1: Murray, Bill Murray has got a little bit of game. Yeah, that's true. A little bit of game uh, in terms of he's got the gift of gab. But yeah. other than that, he's not a super attractive guy, in my opinion. I don't Bill know. Murray. Yes.
0: No, no, no. He makes up for it. You know, right. I have always modeled myself after Bill Murray. <laughs> I'm not an attractive guy. But when you get to know me, I go from like a four to a four and a half, you know. And Bill Murray starts at like a six. And all of a sudden you talk to him. He's like an eight. I don't know. Right. Right, wow. right, Our, yeah. You know, we so should. People just have charm. Yeah. He's uh, one of those people. Us sub-handsome guys, we all strive to be <laughs> Bill Murray, but, you know, only Bill Murray can be Bill Murray. Uh, the reason why I feel like it jumped out sort of as some poor character development. You could take any of their lines of dialogue and, and switch them between them. You oh, know what I mean? Yes. There's nothing unique about either of them. Nope. They are basically girl number one and girl number two. And yep. I know that they are named. I actually don't have their names in front of me.
1: I d- no, partial no, I don't.
0: partial. Actually, uh, that's oh, partial wait. bad note taking. Partial uh, uh, yeah. Internet P.J.
1: Issues. Souls uh, played Stella Hansen and Sean Young played Louise Cooper. Right. So Sean
0: Young, I know because she's Sean Young. Yeah. And uh, the other actress, I I don't think I'd seen any she other. Was married
1: to Dennis Quaid. They almost put him in the film.
0: Almost Uh, put Dennis Quaid in the film. Well, that would have been a different film entirely. I don't don't know how much. And Sean
1: Young was just basically cast on her looks alone. Like she didn't even come in and read. So that'll give you a good happen. A good uh, indication. Let's not pretend that
0: doesn't happen in twenty twenty. By (laughs) the way, it is true. It is true. But But it maybe was a little bit more common. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay. So I think that you have some of those issues. I don't think look I I've I've referenced uh I I've referenced other already comedies I've referenced Revenge of the Nerds and uh, 16 Candles both have very egregious treatment of women uh essentially there's date rape in both of them and it's played off as very funny I don't feel like there's anything on that level in this you know it there's nothing that you're like oh this is super uncomfortable this is just like All right, I don't know why they like them. And right away, Bill Murray's got her up on the stove and he's using the ice cream scooper all off camera. Which, by the way, makes it funnier because if you saw him doing anything, you'd be like, well, that's just weird. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know. I feel like, you know, and and again, as as a man, uh, I might have a different perspective. Did you feel that it was terrible? Did you feel that it was just dated? Or do you feel like in 1981 it still would have been like problematic even then
1: i don't think in 1981 it would be problematic i think that it just shows how f- far we've progressed and yeah. how we continue to need to progress but uh i don't think it was um in 1981 they would have cared um but now nowadays you watch it and as a, as a female and even you were watching you're just a little disappointed I, I have a
0: daughter you know, I know yeah I, I, yeah it's uh I, I, yeah, I, look, and, and the the two comedies that I referenced, I haven't seen them in a long time. You know, I, I don't know how I would feel watching either of those. You know, uh, these are supposed to be strong
1: military women. Yeah, and military they,
0: police, by the way. Yes, yeah. and they just
1: seem to take. They're like, oh, they're charming, whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, we're gonna go and look at what's his name's house or whatever. The for general a while.
0: or whatever. Oh,
1: you guys are just gonna come with us. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, they just
0: run into the house. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. yeah, exactly. Was, <laughs> Let's
1: just continue to save. You you guys, from all your your problems and what you do to yourselves, so I'm just gonna we're just gonna save you. It's fine. It's By, just, it's, it's
0: by the way, sad. that's Alexa's audition tape for <laughs> Stripes 2020, the reboot. Jason Reitman. Will I wanted actually... to see
1: them kick ass, and I mean, I guess they just did. once uh, near you know? the end. They
0: yeah, well, they let's...
1: teamed up with the guys and they got the you know platoon out of out of trouble in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> yeah. But it's it was still I was just like, oh, yeah, give them a personality, please.
0: Earlier when we were talking, I referenced uh, Full Metal Jacket. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's uh, I've always looked at that as two different movies. There's the boot camp half of the movie, which is light and sort of fun, sort of to an extent. And then there's the second half. There's a very abrupt moment that switches to the second half. And you're dealing with the horrors of war and it's like, oh yeah, this is a totally different movie. This didn't quite have that abrupt of a moment, but there's this sort of like last half hour, basically the, the third act that they go off to Italy and, and they've got this, this basically, this fancy RV to protect that's sort of like a military I RV. I know. It,
1: it, went, it went off track a few it, times, it, this film. It, it compl- yeah, I,
0: I feel like it went off the rails entirely, <laughs> in all honesty. Because then, then you know, John Larquette they wander into, uh, they, they wander across a border into what is, in 1981, Soviet territory. Mm-hmm. Not the Czech Republic. It's Czechoslovakia. Those are Soviet Union, those are Soviet military uniforms that you see at the checkpoint. I guess when you've got Joe Flaherty there, it, you know, it's not going to be as they hard. They filmed to...
1: all that, by the way. I'm sorry. No, 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 that. no, please. They filmed all of that in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Kentucky? Yes. In well, a, I always
0: thought Kentucky looked like In a closed
1: chapeze distillery owned by Jim Beam. In Claremont.
0: Wow. Now, yeah. see, those are the kind of facts that uh, I did not have about No, it's pretty
1: cool. So they shot most of it in California, and then all those scenes, they were shot in uh, Kentucky, which looks so much like Czechoslovakia.
0: Yeah, well, now we know. <laughs> and by the way, I, oh, you know what, I've briefly been to, I was going to say, I've been to the Czech Republic, but not Kentucky, but uh, I guess I've technically been to Kentucky because it's across the river from uh, Cincinnati. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. If you're going to have a vacation destination, which one should you pick? <laughs> you, you that's not for me to decide you you answer your own questions out there in the audience so i think that it it just goes from a it just changes so abruptly yeah. and it's like it's gone from Okay, not really believable comedy, but grounded in reality. To just outright farce, outright ridiculous. It's just preposterous. Yes, it's just all of it. Well, yeah. we're gonna steal this and drive to Germany. Not that you can't drive to Germany from Italy. That part's fine. Right, but it's like, oh, that's how they're gonna get there, and they've got this military vehicle, and which
1: came out of nowhere. Also, yeah. I was like, what is this thing? And yeah. why they're are just
0: okay? hey, we're gonna desert for the weekend so that we can go see our ladies, mm. and. You know, I mean, you get a lot of moments of uh, Bill Murray being Bill Murray. He's very charming when he's tipping people. He honestly and...
1: saved the film. It's Bill Murray saved oh. the movie.
0: I mean, Otherwise... put Dennis Quaid in that role? <laughs> I don't think we'd be talking about it today. <laughs>
1: no, Dennis Quaid was supposed to be the other guy. It was supposed uh, to be Harry Harold Ramis. Ramis. Yeah.
0: Well, here's the other thing. Put Harold Ramis in Bill Murray's role. Harold Ramis is great, but, you know, there's only Bill Murray. Maybe John Belushi, you could have gotten away with it. Maybe. But maybe, you know. Maybe 1981 Chevy Chase, you know. But uh, even at that point, he looked like he was 40, so probably not. Uh, So, yeah, I think I I was just a little bit more disappointed that that's where it went. I almost – I felt like I was good after they finished – basic training and they were and, you know, the the general is like, yeah, these are my kind of guys, you know, we're going to go to Italy. And then it would have just been like, you know, over the credits, they're like, you know, partying, I don't know, mud wrestling in Germany. I mean, sorry, in Italy or something. So uh, it just really the the whole thing really fell flat. And I'm just like, I actually thought. Well, this is just stupid. Yep,
1: yep. At the end of it, you just sort of are like, "Well, that was that was that movie." And I think the first
0: hour, it it was the first
1: hour got really got me, and I was laughing a lot at uh, Bill Murray being Bill Murray, uh, down and out. This character that's. You know, kind of a loser and everything's going wrong for him. And then he decides, oh, I'm going to join the military and bring my friend along who's also miserable in his job. And it had a lot of promise. Yeah. It really did. It started out really well. And then from the point where they got to the military, which I thought they were going to do more with and they didn't, it just started... (laughs) <laughs> declining.
0: Yeah. I think
1: the start of the decline was the mud wrestling scene, to be honest. Was, for me.
0: No, I no, like, and look, Ugh. you're right. It was it, it. was very long.
1: It was so long. Yeah, it was
0: a lot of mud and wrestling. And a little bit
1: uncomfortable for me because I was watching it with my roommate who is an older woman. She's like in her 60s or whatever. She's cool. She's really cool. But then, I, I mean...
0: I thought you were going to say <laughs> that she's retired from mud wrestling. There's no, she, trophies yes. everywhere. No, yeah. she's
1: cool. But I was still like, oh, this is kind of like watching it with my you know, Yeah, my and let's... <laughs>
0: You know, we, we didn't mention it earlier, but let's not brush past the fact that when John Candy is trying to uh, beat three women, yes. uh, one of his tactics is to uh, take off their clothes. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's why the police arrived, yes. basically. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I I have to admit to being a little bit uh, disappointed. Uh, I was watching by myself. Oh, okay. So that part was all right. I think my wife came down after that part, and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching Stripes. And she's like, whatever. So, <laughs> and, you know. Uh, so yeah, I think that, uh, the, the third act definitely leaves something to be desired, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I'm glad I've seen it. I think that there, there was a lot of fun along the way. And, you know, one of the things that Flobo and I talked about last week as being uh, from New York, when you see New York from the late seventies, early eighties, it's, it's always nice to just be like. Yeah, that's the same place that people bring their families to now. Yeah, Manhattan is like this, like Disneyland in the you know of the Northeast. And at that point, you were like, "Oh no, we're not, we're not going to the city." I grew up. My parents were like, "We're not going to the city. Are you crazy? <laughs> no." Oh, I'd like to see this thing at the museum. I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. Maybe if it comes to the museum in Albany, in upstate New York, maybe then we'll see it. But anyway, so I, I think it, there's there's a lot of that interesting uh, sort of thing in there, but. One of the things that we always like to look at when we talk about a film like this is did it live up to the hype as being this like this great comedy in Bill Murray's?
1: Is it considered one of the best comedies that Bill Murray has done?
0: I think it's considered, you know, I think. Meatballs is probably, a, a, believe it or not, more juvenile. You'll have to take my word for it. Uh, it's certainly, it's a summer camp. Mm-hmm. It, it's much more juvenile than this. But I think that this is really the first, like, lead lead, you know? I mean, I, I think this is this is his movie, and you can argue whether or not Meatballs is really his movie. So I think that this is seen as the first movie that's starring Bill Murray, you know? It's certainly like, you know, we had that movie poster before. That's his face there, and mm-hmm. there's nobody else on it, and yet there's, like, 20 actors that, you, well, at least you recognize now. Right. So, what do you think? Do you think it holds up in in, in any sense? I'll, I'll ask you sort of broad picture first.
1: Like if it were released today, I think uh, people would have a lot of issues with it. I yeah. Don't, I like a lot. I
0: think the uh, MP characters would be uh, would would be in it, but I think they would be very different. Yeah. I, I think that uh, they would probably have a fight scene or two, mm-hmm. and maybe. They would actually have to rescue everyone, mm-hmm. including Bill Murray and, yeah. and Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't think it. I don't. It was funny. Uh, there were lines of dialogue that that uh, full on made me laugh out loud, and that's cool because uh, I'm a curmudgeon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, you're the old lady <laughs> in the back of
0: the cab. <laughs> no, like and... I,
1: I can appreciate good writing, and yeah. there was, uh, in terms of jokes in there. I mean, even was... even
0: in the 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 overall. You know, approach to the third act wasn't great. There are still jokes that yes. work in there. Yeah. I think it. I think dialogue-wise, dialogue, it is well written. Yeah, well um, written. But
1: I don't think it would hold up today. Yeah, I'm going to say it, would, it wouldn't.
0: I, I I have sort of a, a caveat. I think it holds up as a showcase for Bill Murray mm-hmm. as a, a comedic actor. Yes, and you know you can take. Any of his stuff, even at the very end, where he's just being very Bill Murray. You know, at the end when they get back to the United States, and he's like, he comes off the plane with the drink, and like that's the most Bill Murray, I think, moment in the whole movie. Where you know, it's just like, okay, he's a cartoon character now. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, it reminded me of, believe it or not, Bruce Willis early in his career when he was on Moonlighting. I was like. Oh, yeah, that's who he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be Bill Murray, also a guy who went bald a little earlier than he would have liked. So you see the parallels. No, but, uh, you know, I mean, because Bruce Willis, largely a comedic actor until Die Hard. And, uh, you know, I mean, he'd been on uh, Moonlighting for, I think, three or four seasons before Die Hard. And it just, it, that's the moment where I'm like, oh yeah I get it now I, somebody saw that and was like yeah we need to put that on our show can we Can we get something like that so I think that there's some, some great Bill Murray stuff especially when he's a cab driver yeah. I mean early on you know
1: like I said it started out with a lot of yeah. promise and I was really looking forward to him finding his sense of purpose and you know there was that there was that line in it where he's uh, they're all introducing each, uh, themselves and uh, yeah. the, the cadets are all introducing each, themselves and actually there was a lot of laughs in that scene just based on who these guys were were his characters, um, but he yeah, call me
0: psycho, not yes, Francis. Yes, yeah, yeah, Just a, that a lot guy. of like little character stuff that Wh- was very which funny, was funny, yeah. and I
1: wanted them to do more with that, but. Uh, and
0: we didn't the, really see no, there's a lot much. of like funny one offs like the guy who's like well I figured I'd enlist so that I didn't get drafted yes. everybody just kind of looks at him <laughs> like, like that was funny us. exactly yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you know Bill Murray's character's like well I think we need a leader here and and you know, I, you know if, if Colonel dies or something happens to him I think we need a leader and I think yeah. I'm the perfect person for that and I was like okay so basically he doesn't have a purpose beforehand he goes to the army starts feeling like he has a purpose again he starts leading these guys and it just didn't really... It kind of... Fell apart. It didn't really feel like he was leading them in any way. I mean, he was leading them to bad decisions, but he wasn't. He didn't. It didn't really feel like he was a leader in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, do you know what I mean. No, no. I, I think that it's not fully realized. Like yeah. you get the you get hints of it, especially. I think that's when, what they
1: wanted to do. Yeah. They just didn't do it.
0: Yeah, I think it's sort of like the way that everybody in the battalion fell asleep before the parade, and then they wake up a, an hour late and show up, and then they sh- they're able to show off. I think that that might have happened with the writing stuff. They like, just did, all fell asleep and then at some point they're like, well, we got to finish this damn movie.
1: What did Bill Murray's character learn at the end of the day?
0: Well, as it mentions how to get in the log line, how to get girls. How yeah. to get
1: another girlfriend? How to,
0: yeah, how to get girls and keep them around the world. You know, it's like you can have your girl in the United States and if she goes to Germany. He didn't even German- mourn
1: his last girlfriend. He was like, oh, yeah, I just don't have one anymore. I don't really have a job No, either. she
0: wanted more. Yeah. and he's like well, this is it this, this is, is, all, I this is all I got yeah he's like don't leave i need you you know and you know who do, what, what woman doesn't like to hear that you know right. i mean alexa if that were you walking out on bill murray and he said i need you be like all right fine i guess i'm going to have to stay bill no, murray no no,
1: no not, his, not even bill murray no i completely empathize with oh, yeah. with his girlfriend at the time yeah he was a he's a train wreck he needs-
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no and i think this scenes with he and uh, Harold Ramus early so uh, I think we're essentially saying it doesn't really hold up, but not in the way where it's, like, unwatchable. I no. mean, it's fun it for fun. most of it. Yeah. I mean, and even the silly last half hour, it, it's it's still like, okay, I guess. I, I do kind of wish I had seen this movie when I was younger because the bar was very low for what I considered to be a good movie, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I would have just been like, oh, this is all great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it would have been like, you know, when it's shown on HBO in the middle of the day, they used to show R-rated movies in the afternoon. And I would have been like, well, you know, I mean, if I if I can get a shower scene here <laughs> or there in the comfort of my own home, so be it. But yeah, I don't think...
1: No, isn't this crazy? Uh, Reitman, Goldberg, and uh, Ramis were involved in a detailed negotiation with the Department of Defense to make the film conducive to the recruiting needs of the military in exchange for subsidies in the form of free labor. They had military extras and location and equipment access.
0: But isn't it really like – isn't the takeaway from a military standpoint – are you a loser? Are you a loser? Come to go? and join us. Come join the military. <laughs>
1: You'll which is, find your sense un- of purpose unfortu- and women.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of the wrap for, you know. And I've I've got great friends who serve and some who still are. And there's still this narrative out there that it's like it's a last resort or, you know, you get stuck, you know. And it's just like, no, I mean, it's it's fun. To know, but look, it's it's not all Top Gun. You know, and uh, I think that I'm surprised when you said that the military signed off on it. I'm like, I guess it makes sense. But at the same time. I was a little surprised because there's some mixed messages. There There are. You know. A few. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, what I meant to mention early on is, uh, you know, this is extra timely right now because everyone's talking about Bill Murray. Oh, I was going to
1: say 1917, but yeah. No, because
0: everyone's talking about Bill Murray because he was in that that Super Bowl ad. Mm -hmm. And if I was going to tell somebody like, oh, you don't know much about Bill Murray, I would tell them to watch so many other movies before this Mm -hmm, one. mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I would say Lost in Translation before this. Interesting. Well, because it's not as funny, but it's a better performance. It's a better movie beginning to end. Yeah. You know, and uh, but if I'm going to go comedy, it's it's probably Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters. You know, it just depends on what you're looking for, because I mean, I, I like. 35 years I've enjoyed the Ghostbusters film. So uh, you know, that's, I don't know, but is there something that comes to mind for you as like, oh, this would be the best Bill Murray? Is it, uh, is it Ghostbusters? I you? think so.
1: And Groundhog- Groundhog's Day is, is good too.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. And uh, the interesting thing that I was reading about that I wanted to look up uh, there's a There's an extended cut that came out about 15 years ago, and it has this entire subplot where they go AWOL and they stow away on a paratrooper mission and they're captured by Spanish-speaking guerrillas. Uh, and by gorillas, I mean, you know, military agents, not the uh, not the animal from the zoo. And they uh, get they nearly get shot. But then because of the reference early in the film, I guess they mentioned uh, Tito Puente. So he knows a lot of uh, Spanish language music. So there's that moment. And that saves their lives because they bond over the music that he likes. And uh, I can say. That would not have helped the film. No. To have had that subplot in there. No. I don't know where it was supposed to go. I guess it's released as an extended cut so you can find where it is. But in any case, uh, that's where we stand on this. Now, next week, uh, hopefully, our friend uh, Rachel Goodman will be able to join us. And. We'll be going from lighthearted romp to another lighthearted romp. (laughs) It's a joke. Kramer versus Kramer Mm. tied into a marriage story. Uh, So uh, join us uh, next week. I believe we'll be back at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific then. But until then, Alexa, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Alexa Cappy. C-A-P-P-Y.
0: Don't look for her on Twitter. She hates Twitter.
1: I'm there, but I don't use it. Yeah, she
0: doesn't. Yeah, (laughs) I've tried to get her to and she's just like, no, I refuse. So look for Happy Cappy. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at ChristianDMZ. And if you're watching this live and you want to check out some coverage on tonight's State of the Union address and the uh, long-delayed Iowa caucus results, well come check out the Trump Report tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific over on AfterBuzz TV. But that is all the time we have for this week. We will see you next week. See you later. Bye.